High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. About the word today, I want you to grab your Bible, go to Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. I want to kind of continue something that I started a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of building on uh, what I ministered two weeks ago when I talked about how the greater works are what you were created for. How many believe what Jesus said? I said, How many believe what Jesus said? Jesus said you were created for greater works. That means that there is something greater that God has for you. There's something amazing and incredible he has for your life. I don't care what people told you about you and your life and what the trajectory of your life is. I don't care if whenever you were a kid, people told you you would never amount to anything or they told you were a mistake or they said you would never make it. Listen, it doesn't matter what they said. What matters is what Jesus said. And Jesus said that if you believe, then you were created for greater works. That means that God has a great plan for you. God didn't make you for no reason. You're not an accident. You are here on purpose. God has a design for you and for your life. And even if it looked at times like you weren't going to reach that mark, the plan that he has for you is still true. I don't care what you did yesterday or this morning. I don't care where you may have missed the mark. The plan that God has for you is still true. And it is still good. I said, it's still true. And I said, it's still good. God didn't make anybody for sin and destruction. God made you for life and life more abundantly. He made you for a great purpose. He made you to do something that would leave a mark for generations yet to come. And today, I want to kind of build on that. And I want to talk to you today about how there are still greater days ahead of you. There are greater days for you personally ahead. There are greater days for this body still ahead. I'm going to say it again. There are greater days for you personally still ahead. And there are greater days for this body of believers still ahead. Haggai chapter 2 verse 1 says this. In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came, to, uh, came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now, be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land. The Lord says it three times. Be strong, be strong, be strong. He's trying to get a point across to them. And work. <laughs> For I am with you, says Lord of us. Just pause there for a moment. Do you know with every promise that God gives, there's always also this promise of work? Don't we get excited about that? We all get excited about the word, but we fail often to get excited about the work that goes with the word. But if you ever want to see what God has called you to do come to fruition, you are going to have to work the word. And a lot of times working the word, what we think that is, is just getting in a prayer closet and praying. 
And listen, sometimes it looks like that. I'm not discounting that as part of the process and part of the work. You need to pray over the word that's come over your life. But also you may have to actually do some real work. You might have to do something with the word that's come over your life. Work is not a four letter word. Y'all know it, it is, but it's not. It's not a curse word. It's not a bad word. Work is a biblical word. Work is a godly word. Work is a kingdom word. It's one you better be well acquainted with if you're going to do anything of worth or of value. That's one of the things we've, we mentioned it on Wednesday night, and I mentioned a second ago. We have internship going on this summer with all of the, uh, or not all, but with the high school kids that signed up and want to be involved with summer internship. They're here. We have 34 high school kids that are spending every Wednesday here at the church, which is incredible. They get here at like 8.30 in the morning. Their first class is at 9, and they don't leave until service is over that night at like 9 o'clock. They're spending the entire day here. They have some breaks. Obviously, we feed them, and uh, they have a kind of a two-hour window there before about an hour, I guess, actually, between we end kind of the work projects that we're doing in the afternoons, and they can go grab dinner or whatever if they want, or they can eat here with, at the mix. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But one of the things that, that we are endeavoring even to do and teach these kids during the internship is to do anything of worth for the kingdom, you're going to have to work. It doesn't come just because you get a word and it zaps you. Everything you see today, everything you see today in this church is because somebody worked. It's because labor was put in. Sure, it's also, uh, first and foremost, it's because of a promise that God gave. But there's a lot of people that have promises that have nothing because they refuse to work the word. That's not my message, but it's good. Let's keep going. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 5, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Verse 6, for thus says the Lord of hosts once more, it is a little while. I will shake the heaven and the earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all the nations. They shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. Hear that. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Stop there. Like I said, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how you were created for great works. I want to talk to you today about how your greatest days are still ahead of you. I believe that your greatest days are still ahead of you. I believe our greatest days as a body are still ahead of us. There have been, there's been absolutely incredible things that God has done over the past 26 and a half years. And I am firmly convinced that we haven't seen anything yet. All right. Some of y'all having to process that. I said, God's done some amazing and incredible things over the past 26 and a half years. But I firmly believe that we have only seen the tip of the iceberg of what God is going to do in the days of head. Listen, it's kind of a dire existence to believe your best days are behind you. And a lot of people live direly because they do not believe that the greatest is still ahead. A lot of people believe they look back and I'm going to get to, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but they look back at what God has done in the past and it actually discourages them. It discourages them because they believe they can never reach that place again. And they believe what is behind them is greater than what's ahead of them. And I want to prophesy over your life that the greatest is not behind you. 
I said, the greatest is not behind you. I don't care if you're in this room and you're 20 or if you are 85, your greatest is not behind you. Your greatest days are still ahead. The greatest glory is still ahead. The greatest outpouring is still ahead. The greatest fruit in your life is still ahead. It's not behind you, it is still yet to come. So what happens here in our text, God releases a word via Haggai to rebuild the temple. This is after they've returned from Babylonian captivity. God gives them this word that they're gonna rebuild the temple. And they respond quickly and they begin to build. They have an affirmative response. Oftentimes people respond really affirmatively to the word at first. Hmm? We get the word and we get fired up. You get a word and you get really excited because you know tomorrow it's gonna be done. My prodigals are coming home. I'm about to get a call. It's, it's 10 01. By 11 30, when I step out of this room, my phone is going to ring. And praise God if it does, I'm going to shout with you. And I've seen testimonies like that. And I've seen people walk through that. But more often than not, what I see happen is people get a word, and then you have to work the word over a process of time before fulfillment. And it's very easy to get discouraged in the process of time. One of the most discouraging things we walk through is that process of time between seed and harvest. Y'all heard me talk about this before. As long as the earth remains, the Lord said, seed, time, and harvest, right? That's what he said. And we like, we like whenever the seed is planted in our lives because it makes you shout because there's a promise. And we like when the harvest comes because the promise is seen and we really hate time. But I found that of those three processes, time is the longest one. But you have to learn to rejoice in the process because the process is what will bring the harvest. You can't get, get discouraged in the process because if you get discouraged in process, you will never see harvest. Let me rephrase that. If you, if you succumb right, to weariness during time, you won't see the harvest. It's okay if you get discouraged. You just can't stay discouraged. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. And God knows this, and that's why in verse in chapter 2, he immediately gives them another word. You ever seen this before? God, God will remind you of what he told you when seed was given. And it can be one of the most frustrating things on the face of the planet sometimes. Come on, y'all don't look at me in that tone of voice. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. When you get a word and you don't see it, and then you get another word reminding you of the word, and you go... I didn't want to hear that right now. I just wanted to be discouraged and mad because I haven't seen it yet. And here comes God to remind me of the word again. Thanks, God. I really appreciate it. None of y'all have ever been, been frustrated when God gives you a good word. But I've been frustrated before when God gives me a good word. Well, I ain't seeing it right now. Where's it at? That's why he's giving you the word. <laughs> to remind you that it's still his plan and it's still what he said and it's still on purpose and you're still on track. Don't get discouraged now. Keep doing what he's called you to do. That's why he's telling you is to remind you, I haven't forgotten. I still know where you are. I still understand what's going on in your life and I'm still gonna bring you to the place that I promised you. God will never leave his people hanging. God doesn't leave you on red. Some of you younger people may need to explain to some of them what that means. God doesn't leave you on red. It's not you cry out to him and he sees the message and he doesn't respond. Oh, <laughs> God will respond to you. 
He is not, he is not deaf, dumb, or mute. He's aware of where you are, and he will give you what you need to get through it. God releases another word via Haggai, the word we see here in chapter 2. God understands that at times you can feel beat down, discouraged, and even dismayed at the current state of your promise. You ever been dismayed and beat down and discouraged at the state of what it looks like in your life right now versus what you know he said? And this is what I believe was happening. I, I believe from context clues of, of the word and what's going on, they immediately got to work rebuilding the temple. And it was not being built as quickly as they thought it was gonna be built. And it was looking like it was in shambles and it was looking broken and they were becoming very, very discouraged. And God had to come and tell them, don't forget what I said. Don't forget what I said. They were in the midst and, and it's really, this is what I mean when I say their past victories can either, they can either fuel you or they can discourage you. Because what they were thinking about was what Solomon's temple was and how that what they were doing could never be that again. Whenever God didn't call them to build what Solomon's temple was before, he called them to build something greater than the temple that was before. And they're becoming discouraged because they're going, we'll never reach that again. And God's going, I don't want you to reach that again. I want you to go further than that. I want it to be greater than that. The glory of the latter will be greater than the glory of the former. God's telling them, he goes, you're not trying to just match what was there before. You're going to surpass what was there before. You have, to, you have to get a new lens because you can't let looking back discourage you and go, I've seen God do miracles before and it was incredible, but I just don't think I'll ever see it again. You have to look back and go, I've seen God do miracles before and if he did miracles before, he'll do even greater miracles in the future. I've seen God deliver people before and if he delivered before, he'll deliver out of people even out of greater situations in the future. Because this is, this is what we do. This is what we do. We are, we are really bad about this in our, in, especially in our world in within the church we look back at great revivals of the past and we look at them and we go oh man we're never going to see anything like that again you're right we're not going to see anything like that again we're going to see greater we look at things of the past and we go oh the good old days one of the most a phrase that will irritate me quicker than anything else is the good old days because oftentimes the good old days weren't all that good we romanticize the good old days and we forget about the struggle and the difficulty and the problems because we, we, we look at the, the good old days through the Instagram filter. The good old days, we view it like Instagram. Y'all know about that, right? Nobody puts their bad pictures on Instagram, only their good ones, right? Parents don't know what I'm talking about. You, we, just had, we just had Easter and a couple months ago and Mother's Day. And if you have children and you were trying to take a Mother's Day picture, there was threats There were tears, right? You took 87 pictures, right? And you still didn't get one with all of them looking at the camera at the same time, especially if you have young kids, right? Or somebody's not smiling or somebody's doing something. And then we take the one that looks really good after some masterful Photoshopping, getting all the heads from the right pictures and putting them right where they need to be. So it looks like a picture perfect. And then you post it on Instagram and you go, it was a beautiful Mother's Day today. 
love my wife so much. We have incredible children. You were threatening their lives 30 minutes ago. If you don't look at this camera and smile and be good, whenever you get home, there is no screen time. I brought you into this world. I will take you out of this world. You better smile right now. It is your mother's day. You better. I don't know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all got PTSD from whenever you were kids right now is what's happening. And we post that picture and we forget whenever it pops up in your memories a year later, you're going to forget all the screaming you did. And you just remember the beautiful picture that got posted. Right? And that's what we do with the good old days. We forget all the struggles, all the problems, all the issues, everything that was going on behind the scenes. It wasn't good, where it was jacked up and messed up. And we romanticize the good thing that happened and we forget about all the bad. And we look at our world today and we go, everything is so terrible, God can't move anymore. Everybody's just rejected him. Have you seen what was on the news this week? Have you seen what was on, on Twitter? Did you see what was going on? Did you see the latest thing? And, and did you hear who we have to cancel now? And da 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 da. Y'all with me this morning? And we limit God because we look back and say, it'll never be what it used to be. God doesn't want it to be what it used to be. He wants it to be better than it's ever been. From glory to glory and from faith to faith. The eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. There are still greater days that are ahead of you. Your greatest is not behind you. It is still in front of you. Your past victories will either fuel you or they'll discourage you. It's all how you view it. Do you look back and go, I can never see him doing that again? Or do you look back and go, he's done it before and I know he'll do greater in the future. I want you to change your perspective. I don't look back and go, man, I like how it used to be. If only life could be how it was 25 years ago. No, your life is called to be better than it was. Right? God's called you to do greater things. Don't look back and think that's what you want it to be. Ecclesiastes 7 actually says that. It says, do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Don't look back and say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Solomon wrote that. Don't look back and say, man, it used to be great. It's never going to be like that. That's not a wise thing to do is what he's telling us. Don't do that. Don't compare your today to your yesterday. Your yesterday's behind you. Leave it there. Use it to fuel you absolutely as you remember what God did. But you don't want to go backwards. You want to go forwards. Don't forget you have greater days ahead of you. Listen, this is what God's telling them through Haggai. He's going, I know it may look like rubble now. But there's a temple that's going to be built out of these ashes. I know it may look like it's a mess right now, but I'm going to do something incredible through this mess. I know it looks like things are bad right now, but I am the restorer and I can turn everything around. You realize that God is, I, I think one of the, the greatest attributes, in my opinion, probably the greatest attribute of God is this. He is a restorer. He is a restorer. Our God is a restorer. He is not looking to destroy. He is looking to restore. We, we had this image of God as the angry old man in the sky who's just waiting to yell and get off my lawn. That's not God. God's a restorer. He is not a destroyer. God is not a 90-year-old man who gets mad at the 13-year-olds in the neighborhood who want to play. Y'all with me? God is a restorer. He's looking to put things back together, not rip them apart. 
The enemy is the destroyer. Destroyer. God is a restorer. That means he's going to put things. And by the way, the word restoration, we don't even, we don't even understand it really in our proper context, in, in our modern context. Our modern context of the word restoration is to put things back like they were. Right? If I have an old car, anybody, anybody into like restoring old cars? Anybody? Nobody. Okay. A few of y'all, some of y'all. If you've ever watched any or, or antiques or something like that, and if you restore it, generally it's the attempt in a restoration project is to get it as close to it originally was. That's the attempt. Get it close to like it was originally. That's not the biblical definition of restoration. The biblical definition of restoration is you get back better than it was before. Right? It's like dad says all the time, shalem, more than you had before. Y'all with me? It's to make it better. It's to, and listen, we, we, people from this area, we should understand this better than anybody. Right? We should understand this really well. I, I remember as a, I remember, um, obviously dad mentioned rodeos earlier. I remember what rodeos was like before the storm, before it came in. I remember what it was like, right? And I remember seeing it after the storm. And it basically wasn't there. It was just basically y'all, the beams left, basically, right, Bobby? Basically just the beams. And uh, I know what it's like now. And it's a lot better now than it was before. So where the enemy comes in to attempt to destroy, God uses it to restore. So you may look at things. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and think everything's just great all the time. Right? There's things in culture that are jacked up, messed up, and every... Up, right, uh, uh, up is down and down is up and right is wrong and wrong is right. And I'm not saying none of that is a problem. I'm simply saying where the enemy comes and tries to destroy, God goes, I'm just going to use this to put things back than they were better before. I'm just going to make it even better. Don't think I want it like it was in the 80s or the 90s, right? We want better. It was jacked up then too, by the way, if you didn't know that. I remember as a kid in the 90s, people talking about how terrible the culture was. We were, well, I just got to keep going. Your past victories will fuel you or they'll discourage you. Don't compare your today to your yesterday. Y'all with me? You have greater days ahead of you. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is your promise. God has to send this word to encourage them because as long as they're dwelling on the past, they'll never experience their greater future. And he said that again, as long as you were dwelling on your past, you will never experience your greater future. And God sends them, sends them this amazing message. And three times he says, be strong, be strong, be strong. Because if you're ever going to go to a greater level, it will require you being strong. It will require you being strong. Why? Because at greater levels, there are always greater struggles. There are, are certain things that are sure in life. Death, taxes, and resistance before breakthrough. Death, taxes, and resistance before breakthrough. I'm going to do this really fast. Some of y'all heard me talk about this before. Um, years ago now, I was watching this like nature documentary. And it was talking about hiking and mountain climbing. And whenever I was watching this documentary, um, they began to talk to these mountain climbers. And they were talking about snakes when they're climbing a mountain. And I found this thing so fascinating. God just dropped this in my heart whenever I saw this. They say, they said, you always have to be aware of snakes when you're mountain climbing because snakes are always a problem whenever you're ascending to higher levels. 
The enemy always tries to show up whenever you're climbing to higher levels. But they said there's this interesting phenomenon. A naturalist talked about this on the dock. Um, and there's this fascinating phenomenon that they don't even fully understand why it happens. They just know it happens. Which is there is like this invisible line at a certain altitude. that They, they call it a snake line. And the reason they call it is because once you push past that line, snakes can no longer live once you get past that altitude. But interestingly enough, the greatest concentration of snakes you ever experience on a climb is right at that line. Right at that level. They go as high as they can possibly live and they camp out there. So listen, I want you to hear this. As you ascend towards destiny, towards purpose, the enemy is always showing up. I'm not, I'm not trying to give the enemy more because listen, we way too often give the enemy way more credit than he's due. But he does show up and he does attempt to do things. The good news is you've been called a victor and you've been made more than a conqueror. But the one thing about we can always say about the devil is this, he's a faithful devil. A lot more faithful than some Christians I know. That's a whole other message. Let's just keep going. As you keep going up the line though, and then when you get to that point, right before you punch through and they will no longer mess with you, there's the highest concentration of them right at that point. And this is what people so frequently do. If I can give you an analogy of life, they begin to climb towards destiny, climb towards purpose, and they fight off the enemy and they push through and they avoid the snake and they avoid the problems. And then they get to the place where it's right at breakthrough. And there is the highest concentration of resistance right there. And whenever they reach that point, you know what they do? They turn around and they go back because they go, it's too much. And if they only knew that if they just push through a little bit, if they just push through just a little bit further, that you're right there. You're right at the point of breakthrough. You're right at the point where the enemy, you're gonna enter, you're gonna enter the stratosphere to where the enemy can't mess with you anymore. You're gonna reach such an elevation to where he's no longer a problem in your life. The thing that you've been dealing with and you've been frustrated with and has caused you pain and anguish, you're right at the place where you're gonna break through it. Don't turn around now. Don't look back and go, well, I had to deal with the enemy, but I had to deal with him a lot less before than I do now. Push through, you're almost there. Don't stop now. Why would you go back when you're right there? You're right at the precipice. Don't quit. You know how close you are? There's, there's a cartoon I've seen of a miner. Some of you may have seen this before. There's like a miner and he's, he's digging and he's digging for a diamond or gold or something. And, and it's, it's, it's done like side scroller, kind of the way that the picture is. And you see the guy and you see the diamond and he's like right there breaking through and he's turning around and he's going home. You don't know how close you are to your greater days. I know there's been struggle. I know there's been difficulty. I know you've been frustrated. And I'm not here throwing a stone at you for being frustrated. I'm here to tell you, keep going. Don't quit. Your greatest days are right there. I could go around this room right now with testimony after testimony of people in this room right now that could have went home because the struggle became really great. And whenever the struggle is great, there is always the temptation to take the towel and throw it in the ring and say, ring the bell, I'm done. Don't do that. 
You are right there. Go around the room, people with testimonies who were like, I was ready to quit, but I kept going. And now my life has entered a place where there's been such breakthrough and favor that's been released. But if I would have quit, if I would have quit, I wouldn't have what God's done for me now. And I, I, I want to implore you, do not quit. God shows up to the children of Israel here. He says, don't give up. You've been trying to build something that's going to rival Solomon, but you've had the wrong perspective. I'm not going to simply give you the power to match what was before. I'm releasing an anointing for greater through you. Somebody say greater. The way you're going to see greater things become a reality is not through your natural strength, but rather the strength of the spirit. So Zechariah says, so he answered and said to them, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That word spirit, there's the word ruach. Literally could be translated as prophetic spirit. Let me put it to you this way. Don't look back at your yesterday. Prophesy to your tomorrow. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by you prophesying to your tomorrow and saying, tomorrow you're going to be different than today is. My future is not consigned to what I see right now. Listen, enemy, I've already got a word, and you can't tell me that anything other than the word is true. You have to become so convinced of the promise that nobody can talk you out of it. There are things that nobody can talk me out of because I've got a word from God, and I don't care what you say. I don't mean this offensively to anyone, but I don't care what anyone in this room might say to me about it. God's already given me a promise. I don't care what the world says about it. God's already given me a promise. I don't care what it looks like. God's already given me a promise. And let God be true and let every man be a liar. Let God be true and let every... I don't care what I say to myself sometimes. You ever had to rebuke yourself for trying to talk yourself out of the promise? Hmm? I've, I've, been, I've been out before just with my own thoughts. Sometimes, sometimes being with your own thoughts is good. Sometimes it's terrible. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Been out with my own thoughts before and started thinking things. I had to stop and just start praying in the Spirit, rebuke myself. Like, what are you doing? You know what God said. You know the promise. Why are you trying to talk yourself out of it? And by the way, it's oftentimes not the enemy that'll even try to talk you out of it. It's well-meaning people. Job's friends tried to talk him out of the promise. Who needs friends when you, I mean, who needs enemies when you got friends like Job had? <laughs> Prophetic release out of your mouth is going to begin to release you into the greater things God has for you. You say, well, pastor, I hear you. I, I hear you talking, but you know, I don't know how I'm going to get to these greater things to a greater level to the greater future because I know where I am right now and it's a mess. Ephesians 3.20. My favorite, it's probably my favorite verse of scripture. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we dare ask or even think according to the power that works within you. According to the power. That, now to him who is able to do exceedingly greater, above all you dare ask. And I love this part. Or even think. Because there's some things that you won't even verbalize because you think if you say it, people are going to think you're crazy. And God says the things, the big dreams that you haven't even told anybody about, greater. Greater than you ask or even think. It doesn't say unless your situation is really bad and then it's just the scripture doesn't apply to you. 
That's for you. How many believers we have in the room? That scripture is for you. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you dare ask or even think. Your greatest day is still ahead of you. God didn't bring you this far to leave you where you're at. He's taking you to a greater level. God didn't bring this body through 26 and a half years to go, all right, we're good now. God's taking us to greater levels. And our greatest days are still ahead. Listen, I love reminiscing and looking at yesterday. I think one of the coolest features on social media, it's one of the only good features about social media, is I can look back at old pictures. And it's like the most joyful and sad thing simultaneously. Parents don't know what I'm talking about. Grandparents don't know what I'm talking about. You look back and like, oh my gosh, they were so little. What happened? They used to be cute. Now play it. And listen, nothing wrong with reminiscing about yesterday. Nothing wrong with it. But your tomorrow is greater. We have to start prophesying that our ladder is going to be greater. God is just getting started with your life. He is not finished. He is not done. Not even close to it. He is just getting started. Your greater days are still ahead of you. Will you stand up to your feet this morning? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.